Would you care to step outside? Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Hello, welcome everyone to DC and RMD, the Superman and Lois edition. I am Michael Flores, your host. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search DC on RMD or Superman and Lois edition. Add us to your favorites. Share the fucking show so that we can trigger those algorithms and get more eyes on our show. Hello, Steve. Yo. Hello, David. Hello. Hello, Bobby. That was a super aggressive intro there by you. Well, fuck you. Let's do it now, you fuckers. <laughs> Am I a pirate? Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean. Pirate got, Mike. You got the hair. You just need an eye patch and a parrot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to be talking about the fourth episode of Superman and Lois titled Hey Wire. And we've got a lot to talk about. We are just four episodes in, and there is so much happening. I talked to David earlier today, and it, it's fine, but we both agree that's a lot yes. that's happening. There's we've a got, lot going on now. <laughs> yeah, we've got the Lex situation. We've got General Lane and his growing concern for Superman and his inability to control him. Yeah. We also have Lois Lane and the Morgan Edge equation, which also... Includes X kryptonite. Yep. And we cannot forget the Kryptonian Lar. Hillgrave was introduced this episode. Amazing. I thought I'd, I never thought that I would ever see that character because his, the character is kind of treated as a joke among Superman comics. Yeah. But I was really impressed of what they did in this episode to introduce him. And that's, well, I like the actor too. Yeah. The actor, the choice of the actor was a really good choice. And it, it again carries on that that strength from the last episode of trying to expand Superman's mythos more so that the mass audience could actually understand more of his rogues gallery. Yeah, and I also can appreciate that they introduce Kilgrave as basically a villain in progress rather than an origin story, which would have felt just like you're slamming the brakes on. And again, we get that feeling of this is chapter four in yeah. Superman's life. Like there are villains out there already. He's already locked some of them away. Yeah. So and I that, dig that. That in itself, just doing that just made me really love this episode because like it opens my imagination to, okay, who has he not, who has he run into? Oh yeah. And he's got such a deep, uh, you know, he's the first superhero ever. So he's got such a deep history in the comics that they, they can pull for decades and decades to come. But this one was such a, an interesting choice. Um, not a character I was too familiar with, but the, the actor bringing that character to the screen into life. Awesome. Yeah. Like very cool, almost like hunkered down in a shed kind of cooking up weird toys to. Yeah. It's more grounded, right? It's more yeah. grounded because Thaddeus, Thaddeus Kilgrave is actually more, as I alluded to, was actually considered kind of like a joke character. He, he's kind of like the toy maker in DC right. comics here. The way they portray him is, much, much more almost like sinister. Yeah, and an evil genius, uh, Doc Ock kind of... Doc Ock kind of way. Yeah. And Brendan Fletcher, he's the actor that played okay. him. And he's a good actor. He's one of those actors that never really got his chance to be big. He does a, a pretty damn good job with most of the roles he he is cast in. But he's never had that that um, that breakout yeah, that breakout spot. Well, you know, Mike, he did appear on Smallville. Oh, so he's an alum. Maybe he's playing the same character. <laughs> I'm sure there's fan theories out there saying that. Like, oh, it's connected crossover. <laughs> Smallville. He was on The Voice. The, uh, oh, really? The voice. Season 11. Wow. Of the, voice. The, the Voice, The Voice, the reality show? Yes. Well, oh, that's random. Show. 
So he he also appeared in Arrow, um, in the seventh season of Arrow. Well, and because it's Canadian, that's why they just oh look it d- got a- double crossover. Yeah, but he also appeared alongside uh, DiCaprio and Tom Hardy in The Revenant as the bear. Yeah, <laughs> as the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Leo. But think about this. So he goes from that, but also the other one that rape you. I cracked up at because when I looked up, like, okay, I need to know about more about his background. Freddie versus Jason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been around a he's long been time. Around, his his like filmography is very vast. It, there's it a, is. There's a he lot of range. With Air Bud. Did it? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm looking at it. Wow. Yeah, he has a very diverse body of work he's been in tons of things the the project that i liked him in a lot was a tv show that aired on direct tv's audience channel it was uh titled rogue which was like a film noir tv show and but he was really good in that so i was actually happy to see him play Kilgrave because i'm sure we're going to see him again oh absolutely because i think that getting an actor with this kind of range is actually a very smart thing to do for a character a joke <laughs> That is true, but, but getting an actor like that that can do something like this for a character that normally no one takes seriously can really bring the character up a notch. See, and that's what I would do if I was a producer. It's kind of what like what me and Bob talk about when it comes to like Iron Man and how Marvel started with some of their B listers first. That's how what I would do if I was a director hired to do a DC show. I would pull from the C squad because there's no expectations. And I would make such a fucking dynamite picture. It would blow people away. You mean like James Gunn and the suicide squad? That's what I was going to bring up. I guess so. Right. And that's what kind of bugged me, you know, going back to episode, the pilot getting introduced so early on to the most iconic Superman villain of all time, even though it's a different take uh, from what we're used to. There's such a breadth of characters that we could have built into the story. Um, you know, did they did they did they shoot their load too fast? And and now it looks like maybe not. They're, they're slowing down. Yeah. They're slowing the question down. That they're now, slowing down the Lex situation yeah. while they're they're letting that marinate while they're setting up a bigger foundation because I have a feeling all of this is just going to enter right at the last minute. Those last three or four episodes, I think you're going to see everything just come together come and it get better. And, and my hope is um, the the one concern I had during this episode was the fact that they were introducing yet another character. Yes, I was concerned Bec- at first. But since they're uh, with Lex aside, there's so much tying back to this this. Uh, corporate douchebag at the daily planet um that maybe there's a tie there with him but it's there's a lot going on there's a lot of characters stewing and i was worried with this episode in particular Mm -hmm. that we were going to fall into the typical cw trap of villain of the week well the one thing i i I I, I was with you guys i agree with that point but after watching the episode and and taking a step back and thinking about it We've been we've been harping that they're going too too much and in introducing character these these plot threads too much and introducing these brand uh, brand new characters and where are they all going to lead? They have to tie in together. I, I started thinking about this is where this is something I think Superman needed. If you needed, if you were going to do a Superman series, right, a brand new series try to reset the reset the board as as it is with this character you really have to reestablish the the world that he's in so like giving us characters like this will actually flesh out ideas for all of us to kind of get behind and say okay he's dealt with Kilgrave now we've now we've had that now the question becomes is like there's other villains out there that he's 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 dealt with because now we believe that well it, yeah. Superman is Superman. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll get into all of that. We will because that's a valid point, Dave. And I have that in the show notes. Um, and I want to get into that. I want to dig a little deeper. But first, I want to talk a little bit of news before we get into all the nitty gritty of the episode. So after our first break, our first live read, live read, we'll get into all of that. Because yes, they, there are some elements that were concerning at the beginning. But then, if you look at what they're trying to do, I feel like after at the end of the day, it might end up being a good call but we'll discuss that in further detail in a moment 
All right. So Superman and Lois series premiere draws 3.25 million total viewers in the live plus seven day numbers. Now, if people aren't aware or familiar with live plus seven day, that's that just means the live numbers plus the next six days that follow. Yeah, that's on demand numbers. That's your DVR. And uh, is it streaming, though? Uh, we're no. not sure. Is no, it? no, it's, yeah. I don't think it's the streaming numbers. Streaming numbers would be more. This yeah. is based on the DVR yep. and everything else that people have actually watched it, not just recorded. So it. not through my my CW no, Dare not, to Defy app. No, <laughs> n- not with the extra minute and a half of extended footage. <laughs> um, th- that is basically the whole total for all the DC shows. Of Are you cur- serious? Uh, currently, of what's no. on? What's on? Fucking Batwoman's like point four one. And Flash dropped below Flash a million. Flash drop is below a million. Oh, wow. like all those? No, no, nobody's doing good. Soups came out swinging and took all the viewers. Well, I, I think it's like everybody else. It's word of mouth that's helped out this show. One hundred percent. Because as I said before, we started the show. There were listeners that were just not on board. In fact, we talked about it with with a couple of them before another show. And they're like, nope, not interested in seeing this. And we all agreed. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to watch it because it's Superman. I'm going to give it a shot. We're going to review the first episode. And if we end up liking it, we'll go from there. But I didn't, as everyone knows, none of us had high hopes. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of expectations. And once we started talking about it, you know, so just at our level with multiple listeners sending me messages saying, all right, I'm going to check it out since you guys gave it like a 95% you know, on the RMD score. So if we and the people we interact with made adjustments to their original thoughts of whether or not they're going to see it, then imagine how many other people, because for the most Mm -hmm. part, it's been very positive in the ways of word of mouth. So how many other people are now watching? And that's why I think the show is going to get bigger and bigger because word of mouth is still very positive. Do, do you think that instant syndication process helped it out? Because not all of a sudden you're seeing it on TBS I, and TNT. I, th- I think that probably helped out as well. I think word of mouth certainly certainly is the You know, it's like major. after Big Bang Theory, watch <laughs> Superman and Lois. But it's I mean, like, eh. it, yeah, you, you throw it out there on enough services or enough stations, you're casting a wider net for somebody to be potentially flipping through channels. Yes. And, oh, what's this? Superman's on TV? What? What, yeah. what is this? Let, and hit, let me hit the DVR record so every time it appears yeah because those are different audiences yeah. right tnt tbs is probably not the same person necessarily that might typically be watching cw i'm sure there's overlap that's who but... they want to get that's well, uh, they want to get that wide net yeah well, yeah because they've put that funk on themselves look at the data people are actually <laughs> so flash airs first it was a rerun okay it was a rerun that night i believe but uh, uh, can i guess Yeah. 0.71. Hold on. I have it here. I lost it. (laughs) Where are you? (laughs) That's sad though. But if, if it, if it's, it's it's, the flash. Yeah. People actually weren't even watching the flash uh, because Superman Lois comes on at eight flash comes on at seven and the numbers skyrocketed the moment Superman aired at eight. Like no one cares about the flash. So it'll be interesting to see now that the flash is back on the air with new episodes. It'll be interesting to see how those ratings really do contrast. Like are people tuning in at seven 45. Oh yeah. They're, they're going to, they're, they're looking at right. Isn't that what gets people the numbers sometimes. And that's what's, they give you two sets of numbers many times. So you'll, they'll get the first half ratings and the second half ratings, like the dip. And if there's an increase at that tail end of the flash, then we all know why. Yeah, well, they're just waiting for it to come on while they go take yeah, a poop. I'm, I'm yeah. going <laughs> to get off work. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to come home and cook a quick dinner. And then I'll sit down at that last 15 minutes and eat before soups comes on. Yeah. I mean, it, it, look, it, it's what the CW needs. It's in. They needed this bad. Yeah, 100%. Because even us as a network who. I mean, my shows were built off of the CW and it's just like, now it's, we run from it. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) We we do. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's Superman gave the CW a much needed shot of adrenaline. But do you guys think that putting it in between CW shows is going to hurt it in any way? There's no after they only have two hours of CW. Oh, okay. What comes on after? I don't know. Fucking. Whose line it is it anyway? You already checked fucking out. Reba? I don't know. No, no it, it, they only have two hours of primetime. 
And then the whole station turns off. Yes, it goes to the fucking bars <laughs> and it plays the national anthem. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This ends our broadcast day. No one has any idea what you're talking about. They're below the age of like 35. <laughs> and that's the same well, that's part. a yeah. good, good thing everybody in this room is old as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. What about our millennial listeners, Bob? Come on. Well, they'll go Google it and find some YouTube. They're videos. like, what they does red learn, bars mean? They have to learn history, Mike. History. <laughs> I don't know if that's history. <laughs> if that's what you're learning in history, then I, you know, that explains a lot of things about our country right now. <laughs> well, there was Abraham Lincoln, and then there was the red bars. bars. The red bars. <laughs> All right. So, what kid our age didn't fall asleep to the national anthem at least once? Dude, my or woken up by the national anthem. Woken up, yeah. My hometown also played Louis Armstrong. You know the what? A, what a wonderful, what a wonderful races. world racist i mean why would my hometown play mariachi music unless you're <laughs> unless you're trying to allude to the fact that i grew up in mexico well a border town whatever <laughs> white male <laughs> all right white so patreon.com slash rayman digital that's where you go whenever you want to help us stay alive patreon.com slash rayman digital pledge one to ten dollars a month and help keep this network on the air if you enjoy our shows that's the best way to help us and give us our own adrenaline shot. Adrenaline shot. I need I need one now. <laughs> so patreon.com slash Rainman Digital. Get more of what you like. All right. So four episodes in. And as David and Steve both mentioned, there might be some red flags. I don't have a problem with how much they gave us so far. This episode was very filled with a lot of things. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. And we already had a lot to deal with prior to this episode. And the reason why I'm overall, I'm, 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 I'm cautious, but I'm okay because this episode does feel tidy and purposeful it doesn't feel like, hey, we don't know what to do this week, so here's a new villain to sink your teeth in. Yeah. It feels like Hillgrave and the boy that became a metahuman and the Edge, the Morgan Edge equation. It feels like all of it is purposely innervated, not to waste time, but to help build out the foundation of the show. Yeah, I mean, the only one that truly, when, when I think about it the only one that kind of still has a big red flag for me is the the, the kid that turns into a man so i want to i was going to say the same thing so i think with with Kilgrave, it while it's good to add that it character it made sense and it also um it was a little bit of a macguffin to get to get clark away from town to deal with the situation and add to that tension because lois's father said i need you to come do this thing and help and he opted not to do it and then the very concern that her father had came to fruition and it got it it forced superman to leave town that that set up that stage for the boys to have to deal with tag now the problem i had with the, the tag situation I guess it's the second problem I had with the episode was that it tied so heavily. And it, it, again, I, I, I looked up some things before the show. Uh, there's elements where, that we're seeing a repeat of Smallville, but done way goddamn better. It literally all the threads are starting to build of like Steve, you missed last week's show. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like, I I was, like the look on Bobby's I, face I, right no, now. No, no, you're you're dead on. I was I, indisposed. I, no, no, I understand. You had poopies. Um, it poop hanging on your butt. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get it out. Anyway, I said the exact same thing. You're absolutely right. It feels so much like Smallville adult. Yes, it's an adult themed Smallville. Yes, and it, and I think that's why I've been digging it so much was because that was like 
the show, yeah, that, that in the creek that got me out of the the, the WB way back yeah. in the day. Oh, and, yeah. and no disrespect to Smallville, I enjoyed uh, most of what I watched. I didn't watch everything from beginning to end, but it's also I a watched... very dated show. I mean, it's early two sure, thousands, sure. right? Yeah, oh, but yeah. it gave us something that that we didn't have as as comic book fans in that era. Yeah, that, that yeah. gave us what we needed. But literally, there's things that they're injecting into this already. Um, that I wonder, did we need this so early on? You could have still have done it, but that they're doing so much of it so early on. It's like, well, wait a minute. I think I've seen this. Yeah. Okay. So if the Morgan edge reveal towards the end of the episode had not actually been included, then I what I probably would have walked away from this episode a little frustrated because yes, we are four episodes in and yes, they're giving us tons of things, but the main story that we've been led to believe yes. is the main story exactly. hasn't really progressed. And because they gave us that moment at the last minute, I felt a bit better about everything they're giving us because I feel like there is a strategy and that everything that is being included, it isn't like, you know, Flash episode season, blah, 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 episode, blah, 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 where we're going to introduce this guy and then we're never going to use him again until maybe next season as another villain of the week. And he has no real relevance or bearing on the story of the season. That's that's, that's the reason why I'm okay with everything they're doing. Yes, they didn't Captain Cold anybody yet. Yeah, they did. That's the big that's the big statement there. I feel like it's very clear that everything's a part of a bigger story. A bigger story being yeah. told. And the reason why I'm getting nervous, though, even though I like that, because, again, this is CW and we're all battered wives, okay? <laughs> so I can't help but get scared because there's a lot, and they need to slow down now with the introductions and allow us to start sorting through what they've given us yes. before they try to give us anything else. We need to go at least another two or three episodes now of sorting through the Morgan Edge stuff, sorting through the Captain Luther stuff, looking at what, uh, looking in more deep, looking into uh, General Lane with a fine tooth comb. Like those are the things that should be able to get us through the next three or four episodes. Yeah, just like what you said, getting more progress in those story arcs. Yeah, because like rather than continuing to introduce new introduce ideas, new ideas. Right. Yeah. As long as those ideas still connect and push the narrative forward. Yeah. And that's why I like what you you said just a minute ago was like the difference between what we've seen in CW shows of the past and this is CW shows of the past would introduce a really cool moment and a really cool character, but they don't do anything for the overall story. Well, arc. the problem is yeah, it's, it's, just it's, there, like, it's just there as, hey, a very standard procedural episode. That's it. Hey, yeah. here's a bad guy. Right, feed them. cookie cutter. And the problem is, you know, it, it, you got to weave a fabric or, or what I equate it to is if you get too many dishes cooking in the kitchen at the same time and you don't know what the fuck you're doing, then you're not going to come out with a good meal, right? Yes. Something's going to not get cooked on time or cooked at all. Or if you eat it, it'll make you shit. Correct. <laughs> like me. Like yeah. you. So, you know, that that's the concern is there's a lot of pots on the stove right now. A lot yeah. of things getting cooked. Um, but the one common element, it, it all keeps going back to Morgan Edge. And, and he's turning out to be more nefarious early on anyways yeah. compared to what we initially thought, which was Lex. Yeah. Yeah. So this has got to all connect. You got to, I don't know how, which I'm fine with at this point. We're only four episodes in, so I don't need to see everything. Um, but you got to think it's going to happen eventually, especially when you start seeing what's been introduced and how Luther can easily slide right in. Because look at why Edge is actually in Smallville. He's trying to get his hands on X Kryptonite, which if people aren't aware of what X Kryptonite is. Yeah, that is uh, not that is not just a made up for this series. X Kryptonite's been around for a very long time. Since Smallville, at least. <laughs> Since Smallville. And DC Cannon says that it temporarily endows non-Kryptonians with Kryptonian power. With Kryptonian powers. And that also, the thing I think Mike is forgetting <laughs> to read is the fact that that's the origin of a lot of the super pets. No. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> yes. We're going to get the dog? 
Well, oh, actually, X Kryptonite is the reason why we got the Super Cat. Hey, hey, hold on though, Mike. If I you'll know. recall, we were all skeptical, <laughs> and we got the dog. Yes, but that was on you know HBO Max now show. Uh, I, I get it, but were we not all thrilled as can be when we saw that dog? Yes, I got giddy like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the origin of X Kryptonite, and while. You know, to someone that doesn't know the the history of that component in DC might think that this is, oh, it's just a cheesy throwaway for Superman. No, that's what I really like is that they're doing like these deep dives into his mythos where a lot of us fans can say, oh, okay, they're honoring that. Like, I have no problem if they actually do the whole Smallville thing because Smallville was a really great moment in Superman's history. Um the mythology, the mythology, I, I liked. Yeah, the mythology yeah. and the, the the style that we got. That's the type of stories that I think make Superman really great. Is when mass audiences or just comic book fans in general can read stories that relate us to Superman. You know, it's you know there's there's a story currently right now which is fantastic, which is Superman Red and Blue that just came out comic book wise. And it's getting rave reviews. Why? Because they're letting the audience relate to Superman as Clark Kent. Yeah. And that is the basic basic element that this show has been able to do. He's more than just Superman. Well, He's and you, Clark. And you have He's to not do Clark. that. I disagree. You, what, in that comic? <laughs> no, or? I disagree with you guys completely about that. I, you guys said that a couple weeks ago, but I don't know if I even want to get into that discussion. What, what do you mean? He's not Clark. Clark is the is the costume. No. He is Kal-El. He's Superman. Oh. No. He's, he he's is Kal-El, the real costume when he has to pretend he's dumb, when he has to be a goof, when he has to put glasses on, he has to be silly. Here's here's where that's I just Clark. Here, that's the costume. So, I'll say that's the goofiness, you're right. That's the mask. Where I'll disagree with you and we saw it in this episode was the heated exchange when her father, when, when Lois's father, General, found out that um, the kid was playing sports and was sacking people like a boss. And the heated exchange in that living room between Lois and, and Clark and, and General Lane, um, that was not the goofy, dorky Clark. Yeah. And that wasn't Superman. That was not Clark that with a mask. That was, <laughs> was Jesus. That was Clark. That's who Superman was. Clark is an alias. Well, also, I'm not saying he's not an alien, but this is an alien that an was. Alias. He, that's he's a, yeah. He's it's an alias, and he's in witness protection when he lives on Smallville. <laughs> okay. okay, but he is an alien. But he was an. We alien need to do an hour debate on this. That was raised by humans to be human, and that's the thing. Listen, you know the what? If I was raised part. by wolves, I wouldn't be a fucking wolf. <laughs> Wrong the story of Jungle Book. <laughs> Yeah, Tarzan. Yeah, and I've seen that movie. And yes, he acted like an and animal. Guess what? He was Mowgli. Okay, he acted like a <laughs> Mowgli, the animal. man cub. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I silenced the room. You can't argue that. <laughs> man cub. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the lowest stuff, which ties in really nicely with Morgan Edge. Lois is probably. And this may surprise people who've listened to me for years complain about Lois. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. This Lois stuff is probably my favorite aspect of the episode, if not my favorite part of the show so far. And just imagine, Mike, when this first started, I remember you saying, I don't care about Lois. And I didn't like the actress. Elizabeth Tulock, I believe is how you say her last yeah. name. Yes. Her portrayal of Lois is so fucking good. Agreed. 100%. I take back everything I said about her when she was cast for that shitty crisis crossover. I, I apologize for hating you on Grimm. You are a good actor. It just comes down to the writing. Yes. And what's given to you because she wins me over every single fucking episode so far, especially every, every in this scene, one. Every and, scene. Writing is key. It can make or break a performance. And Tulak is taking what's on that page and really giving us not just a great performance, but a fantastic Lois Lane. Yeah, she ain't taking shit off Morgan. And when she retorts back to her own father, how dare you? You don't get to make that call or whatever she said to him. I just like her reserved, like, you can tell she's upset. 
Yeah, th- that's like, the, there's the nothing emotion. worse than anyone who just flies off the handle. But anyone, she, right? But she, and the fact that you see her trying to contain herself, and yes. then at that moment when it was needed with her father, Correct. she finally lets Let all of it out. But she, but it's not like it was a total blow up, like throw a frying pan no. across the kitchen kind of thing. Like it, it was, it was a legitimate. It felt like a really a legitimate real emotional moment. Emotional moment based in this is what I had to deal with you, with you as a father or lack thereof because you were never around because you cared more. My first about your wife job. threw pots and pans. It was scary. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. That's why Mike didn't cook for like ten years. That's why I flinched <laughs> when you said that. Oh, I didn't mean to bring back old trauma, man. Sorry. Just don't pull out spatulas, please. <laughs> but, but you know, that that's a very real situation that she had to deal with with an absentee father because he cared more about his, his career, his career and his duty. And, and she even told Clark to fuck off in a polite way. Yeah. No. Um, it, I, it, this is how you write a powerful woman. Yes. Well, Absolutely. and a complex character. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, Mike's reaction back there with the snap in the Z formation is, is that not what, how you, you write hate a powerful, powerful woman. woman. Don't you tell me how to write a powerful woman, all right? <laughs> oh, you, you got it. You got it down. You got Dang. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just get loud and snap and clap. Yeah. Don't you tell me. I will beat your motherfucking yeah. ass, you motherfucker. You do not know me. Not Mike's like, I'm going to do it. Do not mess me up on the day I get my hair did. <laughs> I do not want to fuck up these nails. And now my hair's all over the place. It's all your fault. So, Hold my earrings. So did Mike. Come here, Clark. <laughs> Mike writes his women by getting a focus group of men to talk about the women that have wronged them. <laughs> and, and then that's how he constructs his female characters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hands, hear him refuting my it. My hands hurt from clapping so hard. I don't. I don't write from in a, from an autobiographical standpoint. <laughs> well, no, but you, if you get a focus group it, of other people. <laughs> All right. So in just four episodes, uh, Lois to me she encompasses everything that yeah. Lois Lane is and takes the 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 usual unflattering characteristics and reworks them into the story. In a way that doesn't turn you off. Yeah. As her character usually does. And I find the character completely charismatic. Mm-hmm. She takes ownership of every scene she's included in. And she's got fantastic presence. Yeah. And and one of the biggest things, too, is like there's a difference between Lois and Clark. You know, one has never, a penis. Never. One ne- has a <laughs> vagina. Never once did the, the past four episodes. Did I think, you know. Clark can deal with this problem. Lois doesn't have to. Lois is just here as like a uh, set dressing. A set dressing, right? really, really. <laughs> <laughs> but never once did I think that. But in past stories with Lois, where she's not very, the reason why she's not so likable in yeah. comics and and other media is because annoying a lot of yeah, times. She's just set dressing. I think that's unfair because it is because there's two Loises we usually get. We usually get the one that's set dressing. Yes. Because the guy doesn't even want to go there. Whoever's writing, guy or girl, whoever's writing is like, oh, fuck, this character is going to kill my story. Or it's like, all right, I'm going to try to write my idea of a strong woman, just like Bob said. This is something we talk about on this network all the time. The CW has a history of writing strong women roles in a way that makes them all give off the impression like they have a chip on their shoulder or they have something to prove. (laughs) I'm like, that's not a strong woman. That's someone who's aggravated and upset all the time. That's not a strong woman. That's that's an annoying person. And, and and I'll say, you know, I said it before, like one of my favorite incarnations and part of it's just because I love that era of, of what the WB was doing with their animation, but the Superman cartoon with Lois, I really like that. Incarnation. You're falling a little too much into the cool guy, Steve voice. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm losing you on the mic. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. But the, uh, Amy Adams, she did a passable job. Yeah. She wasn't I, terrible. She wasn't terrible. She wasn't over the moon. Fantastic. I've seen her in other things where she's amazing. Yeah. yeah. She was passable. Um, Kate Bosworth in, in Superman returns. Yeah, eh. you know, Margot Kidder for at that time set a bar, 
But a lot of scenes, you go back and watch that, and I'm like, but you're it, just but annoying. It never, but it never shit. actually progressed. No, it didn't. Yeah. It was very annoying and bitchy, and like, really, really, Clark, like, what do you see in her? Because she's driving me absolutely mad. And that mad. song should have been, you know, Can You Read My Mind? Can You Read like, My Mind? You should have just ran after that, Superman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this chick is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, run for the hills. Because that's really that, that yeah. version of Lois is. Um, emotionally and mentally unstable. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this one is not. She She's complex. Yes, I love that you said that. Absolutely. And that's why she's interesting. And listen, I like Tyler uh, Hoechlin as Superman, but he's much better when he shares the screen with her. She helps bring something additional out in his performance. I agree. Oh, oh yeah. All the scenes that basically they share screen time are they're so good much, together there, there's a good energy, energy. on set there's, between them they they I tend to be the best scenes in the episode life. i think they're both married ah, who cares they can still fuck on set <laughs> <laughs> this is a close set everyone leave for a second clear <laughs> jeez lois and lana lana ling <laughs> like, that's not my name for real like it's it's your name now come here so I was watching it, and Deb's like, "Wow, they got the girl from Vampire Diaries. She looks the same. They are. They look exactly, they look exactly they, the they same. They look same like now. they could be sisters. The uh, Shrieky, um, the girl, the girl from uh, uh, Vampire Diaries, and the this is the girl from Entourage. They look exactly alike. Yeah. Steve, Steve has never seen any of those shows. <laughs> <clears throat> Steve, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I. If he was on Discord, he could see the photo you sent the other day. She was naked, been naked in a lot of things. The Lana Lang, yes. yes. Well, yeah, I know her outside of this from years ago from Maxim. I'm familiar. I just don't know her. You work know why in... she was in Maxim? She was in Entourage. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> from Maxim. What takes me more, Maxim magazine or the? I don't know. That's the a toss up. End of the day bars, red bars or uh, Maxim. It's anyone's guess. Hey. <laughs> uh. Maxim. It's still published, right? <laughs> I, I don't think so. Yeah. Are magazines still published? <laughs> Jesus. Um, all right. So speaking of Lana Lang, the Lana Lang and Lois Lane date night. I like that. I like to see the two of them just because of, I think, sheer. Let me let me rephrase all of this. I think <laughs> sheerly from a Superman fan standpoint. To see them together, those two characters, I've always liked that. I've always liked when they've you, when, you, when they give you stories of the two women in Superman's life. You mean you like it when when it, when someone has to have their current squeeze cross paths with a former flame, and then they're in a room together. As long as one of them ended well, and they're talking about your penis in a good way, then that's fine. Hmm. That's fine. Hmm. <laughs> now, if one of them ended badly, and they're you know feeding. Poison. The other one. <laughs> Can you believe how small his penis oh, is? He's supposed to be Superman. Yeah. He's Superman. It's got to be a super dong. What if, what if he has like a small penis? Like, listen, I'm super in strength. Doesn't mean my penis is large, okay, ladies? Sorry. He, he can do other things that other men probably can't. No, but I heard that Captain Luther, though, he's be. He's like this, way down. <laughs> Captain Luther. <laughs> All right, so Superman is being torn in every direction. Yeah. Uh, the writer of this episode wrote the hell out of those various scenes. The tension and the buildup to the Kilgrave scene. General Lane wanting Superman's help. Lois needing Clark's assistance. John and Jordan needing their father. That was just a great scene because there was real suspense. Mm -hmm. And that's something that this show has now done at least once or twice in every episode, they give you a moment that is very suspenseful. And that was such an important moment for me. Uh, and I'm sure the writers really want to get this point across because this is really Superman's story. Yes, we have a bigger story, but when it comes to Superman, that moment encapsulates his entire story for this season, being torn in every direction trying to be at all, trying to be the father, trying to be the husband, trying to be the hero. And right there, it came to a boiling point. And the 
all the junk that you threw in the back of the wagon, the wagon's moving and it's all falling out the back. And that was the point that General Lane made saying, listen, you're 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 making decisions. You're no longer, you know, making a presence in the sky. Criminals are moving in. Yeah, there was a golden opportunity during that whole scene. I was even thinking it in my head. and, And it's like the fact that that Clark exists and showed himself to the world in the first place, he didn't have to do that, right? He didn't have to do that. He did that because he's a good person. He wants to help people, but he don't owe people shit. (laughs) At any moment, he could go tell everyone to go fuck themselves. That's not his job. He didn't sign up for that. Yeah. So fuck off. He did Superman too when he went to the chamber. And gave away his powers yeah. for a woman. Must <laughs> have had that. That special. That's yeah. a magical pee. Yeah, maybe. What? I don't know because I think she's annoying as all get out. And <laughs> she's a basket case. Her chamber must have was, was, been very powerful. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Give it that zing. <laughs> he just gave himself Somebody's his- like feeling himself over there tonight. <laughs> Go ahead. Um. So do you think all this, the general stuff is happening because he was told? Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like, agreed. You always have that in your head. Like, you know, if somebody's ever told you, like, you, you need to watch it. This person's going to fuck you. Just like they're going to take something or, you know, you can't trust it. And then you just look at somebody differently the whole time. After the hundred percent. And here's why I agree with what you said, Bob, because I observed the same thing. The way he framed to Clark that there's going to be this release and this convoy. And I, that was a fucking setup. If I've ever seen a setup, that was a test and Clark failed it. Clark failed it, but that doesn't make Clark a bad person for failing the test. That makes general lane a piece of shit for putting him in that position. See, and I don't know, like I do agree with everything you said. I don't know if I feel that general lane is a piece of shit or he's a man who has different set of priorities. He He does have a different set of priorities, Mike, but had Luther not showed up and and planted that that seed. seed Sure. Yeah. And that's where before this, I think there was probably a more copacetic situation between them. But now oh, that no, the, the seed's been planted. Yeah, that was a test. Sure. Because even yeah. in the even in the pilot, you get the sense that General Lane and Superman had an agreement that, hey, hit the button. I show up. <laughs> you can bang my my daughter. <laughs> if you uh, save the world. Save the world. I'm coming uh, to ask your daughter for your daughter's hand in marriage. Uh, yeah, but you're my weapon from now on. <laughs> As long as you agree. And, and that, what you just said, Bob, that's the reason why he's getting nervous because of what Captain Luther said. And because there was probably a, a time in their relationship where he felt like he had his thumb over him, that he was controlling them. Yeah. That he had control of his weapon. And now that he's losing that control and we have Captain Luther whispering in his ear. Now, suddenly that distrust is growing. So, so, yeah. So, again, what does that say about General Lane as a person? That he's paranoid that a super being could kill all of mankind. And guess what? Here's and, here's a and here's he's a breeding life, other super being. Here's a life lesson that I'll throw out there. You can't control what you can't control. So if this is an alien, but how super do you know being, General Lane can't control him? He doesn't exactly. know that. And and General Lane's personality and, and his personality is characteristic. He's a very controlling person. And I just understand that. Just because he's controlling doesn't make him necessarily a bad person. No, it makes him ignorant to think that he can control everything around him because yeah. as human beings, we can't control anything. Every day you wake up and walk outside and it's a crapshoot. Well, listen, if General <laughs> Lane had the philosophical mind as you do, Steve, then we wouldn't have the show. <laughs> <laughs> it makes for a very compelling character, but yeah. it's it's frustrating, um, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a viewer going, you... Well, seeing Dylan, but you can understand because I like him so much as an actor. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> but you can understand though where he's coming from, of course. And that whole element. Let, let's connect him with Kilgrave a bit here. Yeah. Now, the chosen villain, the the producers chose to introduce into the series, does make sense if you are paying attention to what's happening, especially. General Lane's growing distrust or concern that he's losing his his control over Superman. 
also take into account Captain Luther and what he has now planted into Lane's mind. That also leads to more distrust of Superman. Now, who's Kilgrave and what does he do? David? Thaddeus Kilgrave makes weapons. That affect and hurt Superman. That's his entire thing. That's his entire thing. They introduce Kilgrave. They introduce Captain Luther. They introduce ex-Kryptonite. This is all leading to General Lane getting involved into some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, just how to stop. The the question becomes is how do you control Superman? Right, and you introduce Kilgrave at this moment because he's going to make a deal with the devil. Multiple devils. Multiple devils. And that's what this Project 7734, I believe that's what it is, is going to end up being. Yeah. Project 7734 is going to be him making a deal with Luther, Kilgrave, and possibly even Morgan Edge. For the whole kryptonite thing. So now and I you have t- to you go have back. To throw, you have to throw in the fact how his reaction was finding about his grandson, too. But, but he's not going to he's not going to make this deal until Superman does something that yes. that finally makes him think in his mind, okay, Luther. He's a danger. Right. It or violates Luther, trust. Yes. And, and that's the direction we're going. Now, if Luther can somehow share the images from his world of what Superman did, then that's the end. So, so now this goes, general lane will sign on that dotted line. Yes. So, so this takes me back a couple of episodes and we talked about it, um, back a couple episodes, which was Mm -hmm. with Luther. I still do not get the feeling that he comes from another earth in the multiverse. I get the feeling that he came from the future in some way, a future version. So David sold you on his Kool Aid. <laughs> well, no, I because David said that. Yeah, uh, because right? he comes from the future, but a possible future. Where That's did you the thing. say that in the very beginning when uh, I think it was the, f- the first, first episode, really first episode okay. where basically because Captain Luther says he's not yet. Yeah, so there's there's puzzle pieces. We, we there. mocked them. Bobby and I were like, "Oh, future!" <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember that entire conversation, Steve? There's a lot going on, Steve. That's fine. There's, it's a, lot, lot, there's a lot going on, but but well, that's the thing. I have an like, idea here. Um, <laughs> it was not so much an idea. <laughs> What's going to happen is I'm going to have an alien crash in a small farm town. <laughs> I think it's going to be found. By a man and woman who can't have a kid. I see what they're doing here. They're going to raise him as his own. As their own. <laughs> as their own. And he's going to have superpowers. Yeah. So, Steve, I do agree with you and David that there is definitely a more of an argument to be made now about him possibly coming from a future or the future because of the whole 7734. Yes, exactly. And that whole philosophical question you know, what came first? Did Luther's involvement actually create the situation? Like, And I like those type of scenarios. So I'm willing to accept that that could, in fact, be the case. It's like the most fucked up quantum leap. Yeah. And I like that. <laughs> Never leap home. Yeah. Never leave Smallville. All right. Let's take a quick break. And then when we get back, we'll jump into the Project 7734 a bit more. We'll be right back. Would you care to step outside? Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. Plus, free 
shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to DC on RMD, the Superman and Lois edition. All right, Dave, so you are DC ultra nerd here. Okay. Now, <laughs> towards the end of the episode, they introduced Project 7734, which was the numbers that were scribbled on the back of the Superman symbol. <laughs> yes. That was given to him from Lex Luthor. It had said hell, we thought, and it very much can still say hell, but Be hell, uh, but no. What's it called when it when it can mean two things? I forgot the name of that. Not an anagram, right? I think it, it is. It is an anagram. Okay. anagram. All right. So yeah. So in DC Canon, Dave, this was the secret operation conducted by General Lane to yep. protect Earth from extraterrestrial threats, correct? Yes. And basically it was supposed to be kind of like a a preemptive thing. I think it was from uh, um, Superman New Krypton. I think it's New Krypton. And also a lot of it actually comes in the War of Superman. Basically like this idea that the government had to plan if Superman went bad, this is what the contingency plan was. Because at the end of the day, in the DC universe, everyone agrees Superman, at his most powerful, can destroy the world. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't that what Batman is always afraid of? Yeah, in fact, it is. In fact, in recent stories, he has an entire contingency to stop Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, everyone. Yeah, and and it, it's one obsessed. of the it's one of the cool it's one of the cooler story arcs and story themes that DC uses to kind of give more of like a, a realistic viewpoint on the DC landscape. Well, who wouldn't do that though? If exactly. you had a God who can do anything and yes, he comes in peace with a smile, but that doesn't mean everyone's going to just roll over and roll say, over. Oh yes, this guy loves us all. We never know what could happen. Look at Superman three. He might get sick. So I'm just going to throw this out here. Um, so the, the backstory of project seven, seven, I'm just sitting here skimming real quick. Uh huh. Um, was co-created by uh, Jeff Johns, yes, and Bobby, our good friend Sterling Gates, uh, both writers on the CW, and Gary Frank, <laughs> I don't know Gary Frank. Uh, uh, amongst a couple of other names. For Gary Frank's a wonderful human, and and um, it, it spawned because of Brainiac's, you know, a whole backstory with Brainiac. Anyway, being on Earth, yeah, but having the lost Kryptonian city of Candor on his ship. Yes. And Superman recovers Candor to its proper size on Earth near the Fortress of Solitude. And that's what starts. And the, the idea of, of having more than a hundred thousand Kryptonians now living on the planet makes General Lane shit his collective pants. <laughs> yes. So when you juxtapose would. that against what we're seeing with Morgan Lane, now the threat becomes very real it may not just be about superman yeah that that could be the central focus but if if he finds out this this morgan guy is getting his hands on all these kryptonite and now they're creating these other other kryptonian meta humans meta humans he's got to be ready he's got to be yeah. prepared he's a military guy yeah yeah that makes perfect sense and it's one of those things that basically i really when they first introduced this it was panned Universally, I remember back in the day, they the the idea the project seven seven three four yeah the idea that the world would turn against Superman was panned in comics because you know fans were like going Superman's a, never gonna help he's him. a hero he's yeah. the best superhero ever he's the Who best wrote that uh, Jeff Johns Jeff Johns and Sterling Gates and, and I remember when War of the Superman came out it got panned yeah, Jeff Johns is all like you guys aren't ready for this but your kids are gonna love it yeah. Well, and that then later on, that wasn't War of the Superman. Uh, was that no? It's it, it was it appeared in uh, the New Krypton special. Is what New Krypton special number one was the first appearance of it. Now that may have segued into another run. Yeah, so we'll post links to these shows or to these comic book these runs, comics. so people want because they should be read. do some reading. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the uh, the New Krypton one was very well done. 
And as much as as I was saying, divisive War of the Superman was, War of the Superman was awesome. Uh, can you give me a list of those and send them to Discord so I can put them in our show notes? Uh, yeah. For, um, for the on-demand podcast? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we have the John and Jordan situation. Wasn't a big part, per se, um, but they definitely kept them there uh, so their stories remain relevant. Uh, I think the biggest progression here is that we see John really suffering now. Uh, Jordan even said that uh, he's lost. It looks like he's lost. Or was that Lana Lang's son? I believe it was our daughter. It was her, uh, Sarah Lang. Sarah. Said that Sarah. John is lost. And uh, Jordan didn't really care. So I don't know how I feel about that. Um, is Jordan supposed to be made to look like he's like insensitive towards his brother? I, I think know. this is a case where, you know, a kid who was always kind of in the shadows of his, of his other brother, you know, his twin brother yeah. and didn't ever feel special is now in the spotlight for the first time in his entire life. And, and that's, that's something for somebody, right? It, 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 this is his opportunity to be popular. He was never popular. He was the outcast. Yeah. He was the weirdo. It's, it's younger brother syndrome. I don't, I'm yeah. the younger brother. I'm still waiting for that spotlight. The shift to me. <laughs> well, well, someday. Keep waiting, Mike. He, you gotta, he'll, you, he'll die soon enough. Well, at least put the spotlight on my fucking grave, okay? Wow. <laughs> wow. But, but the, Finally in the spotlight, Ma, across his grave. But he's got he's got all the other jobs. Well, the halo above my head will hopefully create a nice light. <laughs> a nice light halo. For you. Oh, I'm going to heaven, buddy. Okay. So, you so, think I'm going to hell? That's aggressive. That's fucking rude, dude. Uh, well, I'm going to Shangri-La, so I don't know where you're going. I'm going to um, 70 Virgins. Oh, that's what you okay. That's yeah. too much. I want to go where you're going. <laughs> yeah, seventy virgins. That's what you want. A bunch of chicks that don't know how to fuck. Yeah. I was I'll about teach to say them. it's <laughs> yeah. that's too much work. Well, where do you put it in your butt? <laughs> I thought the vagina was for that. Nah, lies. lies. <laughs> it's all lies. Jesus, that's horrible. That's gonna be cut. Jesus, that's fucking racist too. <laughs> you're the one that said it. Well, I can't get seventy virgins unless I blow myself up with you guys in the studio. So hold still. I don't think that's the. <laughs> Should have called wow. in sick today. All right, let's go to final thoughts, please, before I continue to get myself ready to be canceled. All right, um, let's start with, let's go with you, Steve. Give me your final thoughts yeah. in 30 seconds. So like I, like I said, I already I already pointed out the problems I had with this episode. Um, there were some amazing visual effects, though. The, the, the gun that caused um, Superman to not be able to hear the effects that they did on him right at that point, him doing the, the super clap. Every time I see any kind of super clap out of Superman or the Hulk, I get giddy. Um, overall, it, everything kind of pushed the story forward. I'm still nervous about how many how many pots we got on the stove right now. Um, but I'm going to give it a 90, I, I, a solid 90 for me. Okay. Bobby. Uh, I'm going to go with an 88. Uh, again, I don't, there, there's nothing wrong with what's going on. Uh, Lois Lane is my favorite character. Oh yeah. Um, coming out of this, I just like how they portray her and I, I like what's going on there. Uh, visuals are still wonderful. Um, recovery last week after the Chinese bridge that I didn't like too much. Uh, but it's it's shot like the movie. I mean, I, I legitimately was watching uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League right after I watched this, and it's like you're, you're on par with the quality, a cinematic yeah. type thing. So yeah. So what was your grade? Eighty eight, you said? Yes, sir. All right, David. Uh, for this week, it's definitely an uptick from the last episode. Um, I'm giving this one a eighty nine. Uh, overall, they, they continued on a lot of the good stuff that I really dig about this series. I mean, I like the kind of like the dynamic that they're really forging with Lois and Lois and Superman or Clark, <laughs> but, <Hell no. laughs> but like, and, but I'm really getting won over by the sons. Jordan, not so much. I'm really hoping that they kind of stop him really being emo and whiny at times that's how i feel about the character about george really i don't feel that way i that's don't feel that way at all i i the boys to me are some of the, I, I agree with what bobby said but the boys to me are some of the more interesting aspects of the entire story oh no no they they are they are but the the problem that i did most of my issues where i get like that hint of cw-ish melodrama is with jordan 
But luckily, it's like with by the end of the episode, they're all gone. So at this point in four episodes, I'm starting to lean away from that fear of the CW melodrama. So what you just described was an emotional roller coaster, which to me sounds like a success. <laughs> and yes, it is a success. So, but the two two candidates so far in, in the, as MVPs for the entire series for me is it has to be Jonathan and it has to be Lois. Yeah. You know who's not? Lana's piece of shit husband. <laughs> Here's the thing though. I'm actually w- hoping that they do something really interesting with that that character because that character is has potential to be interesting because at the very beginning you do feel sympathy for him because of the way that he portray uh, that they portrayed him. Plus he's, he's Mexican. A- you got to give him Mexican <laughs> a chance. But like it, when you get introduced, he's he's Wait, number one a fireman, and he's he's basically the way that the daughter portrays him is like he's seen the ugly side of of Smallville, and he's so tired of he, it. He he, there's an opportunity for that character to redeem himself yeah. down. Thirty the road. seconds was over three and a half minutes. There you go. All right, so <laughs> I give it an eighty nine percent as well. Solid episode. I like what we're getting, but as I said at the top of the show. There is a lot going on, a lot that they're introducing. However, by the end of the episode, you do see how it could all come together. And because I can see that as a potential, I am okay with it. And if we didn't get that ending bit of story progression for Morgan Edge, I probably would have dropped the percentage a bit lower. But because we got that, I'm happy to see that the overall story is, in fact, progressing. So 89%. We're four episodes in. We have not fallen into the typical CW pitfalls, and I am very happy about that. All right. This brings us to the end of our show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Remember, find us iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search DC on RMD. Who are you, bitches? Mother of God. Would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. Now it's less.